Welcome to our Sunday Sermon Podcast with City Harvest AG Church. Wherever you are in life, we believe that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Here at City Harvest, we believe in the undiluted Word of God and the teachings here will enhance your understanding of the Scripture and will help you grow and mature as a Christian. So we hope and pray that you will be blessed by this sermon. Today's sermon is brought to us by Pastor Shine Thomas. I want to bring to you a message entitled, Jesus Deals with Doubt. Many times when we expect certain things from people and our expectations are not met, we can kind of start doubting our own loved ones. Maybe husbands have their expectations from their wives or wives from their husband. And when the expectations are not met, we kind of doubt whether they truly love us or not. And what do you do in such a circumstance? And what if you are expecting something spectacular, some prayers to be answered from God, and you are waiting for a long time for that prayers to be answered, and it is getting long, and looks like it may not be met, and you feel that even God has rejected you. So how do you deal with doubt when you doubt interest in God? That's the subject of today. And we must understand that Matthew is presenting Jesus as king. That is his main intention in writing his gospel. And in chapter 1 through 10, we completed chapter 10 last week, we saw the revelation of the king. There are many ways you can address this book, but one of the ways of looking at it is the revelation of the king from chapter 1 to 10. The king born and the king uh, inaugurates the kingdom of God and the king calls disciples to himself and then teaches about his kingdom. Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7. And 8 and 9 especially, we can find the divine revelation of this king uh, by the 10 healing miracles, 10 or so healing miracles, miracles over the nature, evil spirit, dead being raised and we see an amazing revelation of the king, Jesus Christ. And when we come to chapter 10, we find that this king does not want to keep his kingdom and the work of the kingdom to himself, but he empowers his disciples to do the mission that he wants them to do. And he sends them out with the same mission that he has been doing. So that's what we saw the section Matthew chapter 1 verse 10, the revelation of the king. And today we are starting on a new section from the study of Matthew. And uh, from 11 and 12, we can find responses to the king. Okay? Responses to the king. The response of people, some responses we can find his own family and immediate family responding to Jesus. How they respond. Some are hostile towards Jesus. The response of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Response of John the Baptist to the king. And we can find in this passage various responses to the revelation of who Jesus is and how people respond to Jesus. And then if you go a little further, you can find the retirement of the king. That means the king has been preaching to the crowds and the crowds are not accepting him. There is a lot of opposition that is coming to Jesus Christ. So what he does, he speaks in parables to the crowds, but he started teaching, retires from the crowd and he concentrates on the 12. And then it goes on to the rejection of the king in the gospel of Matthew. And then finally, the resurrection of the king. And this is one way of looking at the gospel according to Matthew. And I also told you about when I spoke about the revelation, the five teaching blocks in 
the gospel of Matthew. So today we are starting uh, with Matthew chapter 11 verse 1 to 3. We will read this passage and we will see the, uh, in the second section on how Jesus dealt with the doubt of John. Jesus and John the Baptist. Matthew chapter 11 verse 1 to 3. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Now, who is this John? We understand that this John is John the Baptist and this whole text is about John the Baptist. Where is John the Baptist right now? John the Baptist is in prison and we can find the background in Matthew chapter 4. John the Baptist hears the deeds of the Messiah from the prison and he is a kind of puzzled and he is confused whether Jesus is truly the Messiah. We know that John the Baptist was an important figure for Jesus because he came as the forerunner of the Messiah and uh, somehow his parents are connected. His mother and John's mother are connected. There is some relationship over there. And then we also find that after some time as John was growing up in the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth, his father and mother, he received the call of God and at some time he left home. He did not leave home to the cities of Jerusalem, but he went to the wilderness. And he went to the wilderness and started living a ascetic lifestyle. He started wearing camel's clothing, which is very uncomfortable clothing. He started eating uh, wild honey or, and, uh, and locust insects. And he called people of Israel to come to him. And he started preaching the preaching of repentance. Those who have gone away from the laws of Israel. He had told them to repent and he was giving the baptism of repentance. So in a sense, the Bible says that he is a forerunner. He's a herald of the king. If the king in the Old Testament had to come, somebody had to go ahead of that king, heralding that the king is coming. And here was the ministry of John the Baptist. Uh, is a herald of the king. And one day as he was preaching and baptizing, here comes Jesus himself to be baptized under John the Baptist. And what a privilege that is. And from that moment onwards, it was confirmed to John that here is the Messiah. And if you look at some of the words of John about Jesus and how we witness about Jesus, we can find that he was very convinced that Jesus is the Messiah. Matthew chapter 3 verse 7 onwards. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who want you to flee from the coming wrath. Okay, now I want you to think with me. What is John's expectation of a Messiah visiting them? Wrath is coming. Judgment is coming. So that is John's expectation. And many times we doubt in our relationships. We doubt God because we expected some things from God and it did not happen the way we expected and we start to doubt God. And John's understanding of the Messiah is, look at that word, who warned you from the coming wrath? That means Messiah is coming and he's going to bring about God's wrath or God's judgment. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, you have Abraham as your father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. 
the axe is already at the root of the trees judgment is coming it is at hand that is john's preaching every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire i baptize you with the water for repentance but after me comes the one who is more powerful than i whose sandals i am not worthy to carry he will baptize you with holy spirit and fire in other words john had an expectation like the old testament saints that when the messiah comes there is going to be fire baptism there is going to be judgment and the wrath of god first the bad guys had to be dealt with and then the peace of the kingdom will come so that was john's expectation and he says he will baptize you with the holy spirit and fire his winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff and with unquenchable fire strong message strong conviction of the great judgment day of judgment that is coming when the messiah of israel comes and in matthew chapter 3 verse 17 when jesus came to be baptized his message was confirmed by the voice that came from heaven a voice came from heaven and said this is my son whom i love with whom i am well pleased so now he has been preaching and that preaching has been confirmed by the almighty god talking and speaking on the day of jesus baptism that this is my beloved son this is my son so john you are the forerunner and he is the messiah and john we can understand that after the baptism of jesus he strongly witnessed about jesus that here is the messiah come to john chapter 1 verse 29 to 34 the next day john saw jesus coming toward him john the baptist and he said look the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world this is the one i meant when i said a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me I myself did not know him but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel then John gave this testimony I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him and I myself did not know him but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me in other words he is telling that i heard it from god the father i never knew about it but god the father told me that jesus is the messiah look at his conviction look at his preaching and the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the holy spirit and i have seen and i testify that this is god's chosen one so look at the faith of john look at the conviction of john the messiah has come i am the forerunner told by uh, malachi the prophet and i am in that shoe and heralding for the messiah and he is the one there is no doubt about it and that's why john did not have any problem to let go some of his disciples and let go some of his crowd who wanted to follow jesus he knew that he is something greater than john and he allowed jesus to take over the people whom he had brought into repentance and then jesus we can find in matthew chapter 4 jesus also inaugurates the kingdom all are watching with eschatological eyes they are seeing waiting for the time when the kingdom will be established and john hears that in verse 17 matthew chapter 4 verse 17 from that time on jesus began to preach repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near oh the inauguration has come kingdom has come jesus has established and the kingdom of heaven has come near So what is happening in John's mind here is the messiah 
and he is going to be a political messiah and he is going to come and rule overthrow the bad guys the pharisees who are strong hearted and whitewash tombs and he is going to take away the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going to be judged and uh, the roman oppressors are going to be judged and overthrown the herods are going to be overthrown and jesus is going to be seated on the throne this is his expectation about the messiah jesus christ and then what happens to john he is so bold in his conviction that he becomes even bolder and herod at that time had an illegal affair he went for a vacation and in that vacation he saw his brother's wife more beautiful than his wife and he was caught by lust and what did he do he divorced his wife herod the so called leader the king appointed by the romans and he takes his brother's wife while his wife is living and to be his own wife and john the baptist knows that this is not right and he goes and tells him this is adulterous this is wrong what you are doing and what does herod do herod captures john and puts him in a prison and now john is in prison and in ancient days the roman prisons are not a good place to be in you hardly provided food and there is no much light and it's a dirty place okay and he is there for the sake of righteousness he spoke what is right he came as a forerunner of the messiah and now he is expecting that jesus is going to take over the throne and arrest these guys this horrible guys like herod who is so adulterous and he is going to come in my place and i am going to be released because the messiah has come and john has been waiting and waiting and waiting in prison and he is hearing about jesus that he is sitting with tax collectors and eating and he is setting free the prostitutes who are caught in the field uh, ready to be stoned and he cannot somehow digest why jesus is doing this because that is not his business he is supposed to judge them and sit on the throne but he has become a friend of sinners and he is not doing anything to john's condition so he starts doubting jesus christ think what is happening in john's mind he had a different expectation about jesus that jesus will come and take away all his problems and trouble and once i receive jesus and once i have the messiah i can have the good life and i can have all my dreams come true and i can have the best life because the messiah is coming and he's going to establish and judge the bad guys and i'm a good guy and my life is in a mess i am in a prison in spite of following the messiah and he doubted god have you ever seen that when people come together in relationships or friendships there are spoken expectations and there are unspoken expectations there is expectation a wife has from a husband and what is an expectation the husband has from wife and children parents and in all relationships of life some are spoken expectations and some are unspoken expectations and when those expectations are not met you kind of start doubting you kind of get angry and anxious and irritated with this relationships and somebody said expect less from anyone anything else is a happy surprise if you expect less from anybody anything else is a happy surprise John's expectation was not met. He had a question like many of us have, Lord, I am your child and everybody is getting married at the right time, but I am praying, I am seeking, I am not taking any wrong route to get find the right partner, but what is happening in my life? And I have that expectation and it is not happening. 
I'm praying for this job and I'm praying for this relationship to work out. But nothing is happening regarding this. And what's happening? Am I truly your child? Are you truly the God who can enable me to fulfill my dreams and my desires in my life? His expectations was failed. Do you know that we are all people with expectations? When you come to church, there is a reason why you come to church. When you are in a relationship, there is a reason why you have relationships. Because we have a hidden expectation behind everything that we show outside. Now remember, these are the times where new phones are being released after the pandemic and new MacBooks are being released and people are all with their antennas high. They are seeing what is the new update and what is the new thing that is coming or a Samsung Galaxy phone or whatever it is. And these tech guys will have this factory leaks that comes out from the factory that, oh, this variety is going to have that incorporated in this and this new release has this. All these factory leaks come out. And even in for automobiles, and there is a release that is coming and there are leaks that come out and people expect a higher gradient and higher comfort and higher things. But when actually the product comes out, there is a lot of research that goes into it. Whether it is expected, it is better than the previous one. And if it is not better than the previous one, people's expectations are not met and they are quite disappointed with the product and then the reviews come out. You're telling, I'm talking about the real world that's happening over here. We all have grown up with expectations. And in the same way, when we come to Jesus, we don't realize that we are actually banking on Jesus to solve most of our problems. We are banking on Jesus to give us the so-called dream life all prayers to be answered and give us the comfortable life that we are looking on. And I've seen a practical thing in my Christian life that there are times in my life that all my prayers are answered and life becomes a dream. I claim it and I claim it and I receive it and I pray for a job and I get my job and I pray for my marriage and I get my marriage and that life is on a roller coaster. It is such an enjoyment to be in a time where prayers are answered. But I've also seen in my Christian life that there are times where I pray and pray and fast and cry and seek out the God's face day and night. And sometimes for certain things, God remains quiet and my prayers are not answered. Have you ever come to a situation in your life that, Lord, I'm praying for this particular thing for a long time, but I am going through a prison experience in my life. I feel that in this area, I'm imprisoned and I'm helpless uh, in this area and I do not know what to do about it. And I sometimes feel that you have let me down. Have you ever felt like that? You're not giving me the dream of my life and I've been praying for you. What do you do when you feel that you're let down by God? I know there are people sitting over here. I'm, I'm your pastor. I've been speaking to you. Many of you are praying for certain things for a long time. You have good dreams and good desires. Had John come out of the prison, he would have just come out and preached the gospel again. He would have been a great help for Jesus. So he has good motives of coming out of prison. You and I have good motives for the things that we are praying for. But sometimes God does not answer the way we want and in the time that we want. And many people feel that God is disappointed with us and we kind of doubt God and we say that this Christianity kind of thing is not working. I've tried it for some time, but you know, this kind of thing is not working and I just want to take a back seat on that. So what do you do when you feel 
let down by God. You feel, I'm not telling that God will not let you down, but when you feel that you are let down by God, I don't want you to remember three things before we proceed in this text further. Okay? Three things when you feel let down by God. Number one, remind yourself that you are loved by God. When nothing is happening around you, when you are in that prison experience in your life, remind yourself again and again that you are loved by God. First Chronicles chapter 16 verse 34. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. God is good. Even though you go through difficult phase, God is good and he loves you. He cares for you. Remember friends, we live by faith. We don't live by feelings. We don't live looking at our circumstances. The Bible says the righteous shall live by faith. So even when you go through the prison experiences, remind yourself again and again that you are loved by God and God cares for you. Don't go by what you see. Go by what God has to say about your circumstances. Secondly, God's wisdom is far superior to our own wisdom. When you feel that you are hitting a dead end and a roadblock and nothing is happening, God has a superior wisdom about that situation than your own wisdom. It exceeds our own ability to see the situation. You know, God sees the missing pieces of the puzzle, which we cannot see many times. He sees the missing pieces of the puzzle of your life. And God's wisdom in that situation is higher than your wisdom, what you can think in your limited wisdom. Remember these two common verses that we quote from the scripture in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. So God has a superior wisdom. God has a higher way regarding your life. And many times when we are in that prison experience, we don't realize that. But trust God's wisdom higher than your wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This is a very difficult thing to, very simple verse, but very difficult thing to practice, especially when you are in such situations, when your prayers are not answered and when that good thing that you are waiting for is not happening. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So understand God loves you and God's wisdom is superior to your wisdom. And thirdly, Acknowledge that God has promised to work good in your life. Through the prison experience, through those dead-end situations of your life, God has promised. Very common verse, we always quote it. And Romans chapter 8, And we know that when I am in prison, when I am in situations that are painful, when my prayers are not answered, we know that it is a great affirmation from by Paul that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Keeping that in your mind, that God loves you, his wisdom is superior and everything that happens in my life is going to ultimately work out for my good and good of in the kingdom of God. Let us see what Jesus has to say to John. Now John is doubting. His expectations are not met. And he sends his disciples to Jesus. To find out whether he is truly the Messiah. And look at the response of Jesus. Let's see what Jesus is answering John. Matthew chapter 11 verse 4 to 6. Jesus replied. Go back and report to John what you hear and see. 
Jesus is not giving any explanation. He is telling what you heard me doing and what you see me doing, just go and report that to John. And what is it? Verse 5. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. So what is Jesus telling? Jesus is telling some six things over here. What are the six things? The six things what Jesus has already done and performed in chapter 8, 9 and 10. Okay? Jesus is not telling something which John does not know. John has heard about it. Some of his disciples have seen what Jesus do. And Jesus is reminding John of what he just did in the previous chapters. The blind receive sight in Matthew chapter 9. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The good news is proclaimed to the poor. By the way, when John was sending his uh, disciples to Jesus, John did not have the New Testament. Right? We are so fortunate to have the New Testament writings with us. He never had the New Testament to check what Jesus is doing. But when you really see what Jesus said to John's disciples to take it to John, these are all quotations, the six things that Jesus did are all quotations from Isaiah 35, Isaiah 61, Isaiah 42 and Isaiah 29. These are all quotations from the Old Testament scroll of Isaiah the prophet. So John the Baptist is a prophet and when the expectation of Isaiah is that the Messiah is coming and Jesus is telling John through his disciples that see what Isaiah has told in chapter 29, chapter 61. Oh no, and we have those chapter divisions. But then in Isaiah's scroll, it is written that this is what the Messiah will do. I am doing exactly what the Messiah is doing. I am indeed the Messiah. That's what Jesus is telling John's disciples. And they go back. After all this, John's disciples go back and Jesus' signs and miracles are not just random acts what Jesus did, but they are the foretaste of the kingdom of God. John understood Jesus as the Messiah, but he did not exactly understand what was Jesus' ministry as a Messiah. What would the Messiah do in his coming? And these are all the foretaste, the dead being raised, the lame walking and the blind seeing and the good news being proclaimed to the poor. These are all the foretaste of the kingdom that Jesus is actually coming to establish in his second coming. So what is Jesus saying to John? You are not wrong, John, that I am the Messiah. I am the one sent by God the Father. You were my forerunner and look at my works and look at my acts. It tells you from Isaiah the prophet that everything finds its fulfillment in me. And look at Jesus' last words to John's disciples over here. In Matthew chapter 11 verse 6. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Very, very important verse for us to think. In the New American Standard Bible, it says, Blessed is any person who does not take offense at me. In other words, John has supposedly taken offense at Jesus Christ because he is not rescuing him from the prison. And many times when we go through certain situations of life and things does not happen the way we want in our life, we take offense at God 
we take offense at jesus and his promises but jesus is telling john through his disciples that blessed is any person who does not take offense at me because the kingdom of god the way god works is not how you think it should work the way god works is not how john thinks it should work god has a greater plan and don't take offense at the way god is working in your life and in john's life amen praise the lord somebody said it is a misplaced beatitude you know this is the word starts with blessed who does not take offense at me or stumble on my account and in chapter 5 we can find the beatitudes and somebody said it's just a passing comment that it is called as one of the misplaced uh, beatitude jesus is a stumbling block and the way jesus deals with the people of israel the way jesus deals with god's people sometimes can be beyond what we expect jesus to do in our lives but let it not be a stumbling block for you to believe in the one true god through jesus christ the cross was a stumbling block for the people of israel because cursed is anybody who hangs on a cross and jesus went to the cross the messiah went to the cross and it became a stumbling block and jesus very clearly wants his people over here blessed is anyone who does not stumble or take offense at me so now john's disciples go back with this message and now jesus is turning to the crowd that is around him and now he's continuing on the same subject and i want you to see what jesus is talking now after john's disciples have left verse 7 says as john's disciples were leaving jesus began to speak to the crowd about john he did not speak to his disciples about john so john does not hear what jesus is speaking but jesus has to say something about john not to john but to the crowd who was hearing this conversation that is happening verse 7 says as john's disciples were leaving jesus began to speak to the crowd about john what did you go out in the wilderness to see a reed swayed by the wind he is talking about john the baptist you all have gone most of his crowd and the disciples have gone to john the baptist and they have been baptized and they were they heard john the baptist and jesus is asking the crowd when you went to john in the wilderness what did you see did you see a reed that bends by the wind what is a reed reed is a uh, is a small plant that grows in the wild especially in the banks of the river and with one force of the wind it goes to the other side and the wind comes this direction it comes on the other side right did you see in john the baptist a person who just sways like this now maybe in this situation john may be swaying like this and not understanding who whether i am the true messiah or not but look at the ministry of john the baptist when you went to the wilderness he was a bold man he was not swayed to and fro like the reed goes in the wind he was a man and he is a man who stood strong for me jesus also also digging probably some scholars say that he was digging at herod because their coins had a reed herod's coin had a reed and he was telling that this herod these people swear true and fro to the romans and to the jewish people but did you find my servant john like a reed he was too strong for the revelation that had been given to him what is jesus telling over here john's disciples are not hearing the words of jesus 
but when john is doubting in the prison and his disciples are troubled about what is happening about the kingdom jesus does not talk bad against john he has something good to talk about john my dear child of god when you go through doubts when you go through situations in your life where you do not understand the big plan of god don't ever think that god is away from you and god is talking bad about you he has high thoughts about you that's why he is he's talking about john in such a high level and look at the words that is proceeding after this john is not hearing that today you may not understand what is happening on the other side of eternity you may not understand all the plans that god has for you you may be struggling in your faith you may not know why you are in a prison but my jesus has high regards about your faith and the cost you pay in following jesus can somebody shout an amen amen jesus is talking very highly about john the baptist over here Then he says in verse 8 what did you go out and see a man dressed in fine clothes did you find john as a man who was dressed in fine clothes and fine clothing was a rarity in jesus time only the rich and the elite the people in the palace would only afford fine clothing no those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces no he is a man who struggled and led an aesthetic lifestyle like many of the old testament prophets in the wilderness serving me he did not please the kings but he pleased god by serving my will in his generation jesus has talking very highly about john and verse 9 and 10 what did you go out to see a prophet Yes I tell you more than a prophet John is not just a prophet all the old testament prophets looked forward to John in him is a culmination of the old testament prophecies that he is a forerunner of the messiah he is more than a prophet and Jesus is quoting from Malachi chapter 3 over here I will send my messenger he is a messenger of God who will prepare your way for you and he has prepared the way for my ministry says Jesus Christ you see how Jesus is debating and he is coming with points where he is approving of John's ministry irrespective of his condition and doubt what he is having in the prison when we struggle in faith my dear child of God my Jesus understands our situations he is waiting for you to understand and get the big picture but he is never upset with you he understands the struggle that you and I face in this evil world and he talks highly about how much of sacrifices and work we have done in the presence of god he cares for you he loves you and then he says in verse 11 truly i tell you among those born of women there has not risen anyone greater than john the baptist what a privilege he has given him if those born in women there is nobody greater than john the baptist and then he comes with another argument he says yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than john in other words we all of us we are greater highly privileged than john why because john did not have the full revelation of jesus christ he knew in part he did not have the new testament today we are privileged we are greater we have a greater revelation than john why because we are in this side of the cross we know what the old testament prophecy spoke about we we know that jesus is the messiah he came and he died and he rose again and we are privileged we have been given the gift of salvation through jesus 
we have been given the deposit of the holy spirit and jesus says whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than john the baptist because we have a greater revelation of who jesus is through the holy scripture and the presence of the indwelling holy spirit in our lives this is a passage that we need to cover in the study of our gospel of matthew and i pray that you pay attention and learn what god has to speak to us through this words in verse 12 jesus said from the days of john the baptist until now the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence and violent people had been raiding it what does this passage talk about and there is a lot of debate uh, this is one of the highly debated phrases of the lord jesus christ the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence and violent people have been raiding it look at the life of john the baptist he was a forerunner of the messiah and what is the fate of john the baptist he is in prison look at jesus christ he announced inaugurated the kingdom but what did the world meet him with they met him with violence rejection put him on the cross Look at the disciples of Jesus Christ. They took the mantle from Jesus and carried on the great commission with the power of the Holy Spirit. And almost everybody was died the death of a martyr. So when we take the gospel of peace and when we go into the bylanes and the highways proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom there are chances that kingdom of god the bearers of the gospel the bearers of the gospel of peace can be met with the violence of the evil world and what is happening today in the parts of the world is not a surprise why because it go in chapter 10 last week we looked at it in detail that you will be hated by everybody you will be brought before councils on account of me because when you carry this gospel of peace it will be met by violence for the people who are opposing and the evil that opposes the gospel of the lord jesus christ so don't be surprised john if you are in prison you are a believer and people are opposing you in your family people are opposing you in your workplace because of your christian ethics don't be surprised jesus said the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence and violent people have been raiding it i heard one scholar telling that there is another meaning you can take from this and the, the, he said in such a way i'm not a greek scholar but he said in greek if you really study this passage the both meanings can be applied to this passage and what does he say he says that that if you are in the kingdom of god and if you want to pursue the righteousness peace and joy in the kingdom of god you need to force yourself to believe against the flow of the world it's not that physical violence but there should be intention there should be force from our side there should be faith from our side to pursue that pearl of great price to be subject to be under the kingdom of god it does not come easily my dear child of god we need to pursue the kingdom like the pearl of great price like example of a violent man i am going after the kingdom no matter what i want to spend time with jesus i want to know him more because he loves me i want to chase after the kingdom and such people receive the kingdom of god amen jesus said the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence and violent people have been raiding it was 13 to 
all the prophets and the law prophesied until John and if you are willing to accept it he is the Elijah who was to come who has ears let him hear so who is John the Baptist is he Elijah are you with me is he Elijah Jesus said he was the Elijah that was to come who are as ears let him hear later when you see people asking John whether you are Elijah he says no so we will study about it later in the passage of John's uh, assassination time we will study that but think about it okay Matthew chapter 11 verse 16 to 17 to what can i compare this generation now Jesus is addressing the crowd over there and the kind of evil age that we are in in the time of Jesus and even today to what can i compare this generation they are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out others we played pipe for you and you did not dance that is expectation again the expectation is coming this generation is a generation of expectation that is again what jesus is telling the expectation of john the baptist that when Jesus the Messiah comes all his troubles will be taken off his enemies will be put in the cross and he will be delivered did not happen and the generation that people sitting in the church and the wicked generation outside this is the expectation of most the people like small children on the town halls that they played the pipe for you and they expect others to dance and sang a dirge and mourn for the dirge now how do i explain this you know when growing up i was in other part of the a uh, city of bangalore somewhere near viveknagar i grew up uh, from my eight, 1981 to 85 i was there then we moved to calcutta so that time we were living in a very poor locality that area and we had line houses i still remember our house was just a one room including the kitchen and the bedroom all one room and for all these houses we never lived in such kind of luxury that we see now that people are enjoying in the city of bangalore i'm talking in the year 1981 82 83 all these five line houses had one common toilet and common bathroom and we lived in such situations and thank god he has brought us up from this situation so i know what is struggle so there were two line houses one five this side and five this side and next to this house there was a small plot that was empty and uh, what would we children do we play vacation time after school and getting permission from parents was not easy right getting permission now it's far more easy i don't know parents are lenient when children take the phone we did not have phone so we had to go out to play and my pocket will be full of goalies marbles i i think some of you can relate to what i'm saying okay marbles this pocket is full of marbles and here is that pepsi cocks were there and we used to play and we used to win uh, and we used to lose sometimes we come back losing everything those who have lived long in bangalore chennai and all these places you know what i'm talking about right and uh, one of those guys who comes early they will make noises right and what is their expectation when they make that noises is time for game and all these guys from all these houses are supposed to take permission from the parents and come out and play so this whoever comes early they make that noise that they're ready for game and then papa mummy please give me one hour half an hour time to play and if we don't go we don't belong to that gang and the next time they say oh you didn't come last time we have already formed our team so there is something in us that we want to go 
and there is an expectation from this crowd of people that when they call when they make that noise that they expect these children to come okay and jesus is comparing our generation to like such expectations that god must do this jesus must do this and if that is not met i am not going to follow jesus and people come to jesus with lot of expectations they come to jesus telling that he will take care of all my sickness jesus heals i believe in supernatural healing we have a testimony of how god has healed my wife of cancer of prayer right but that does not mean that my wife will go on to live forever she one day we will all go to the grave so all those healings are not permanent and sometimes when we see the healings in the presence of god and miracles of job and promotion and sometimes we see job loss and healings not happening our expectations are not met like the children in the streets we start doubting god and jesus is comparing this generation to a generation like this a generation with a lot of expectation for why they follow jesus christ are you with me church this morning i want you to think this message with me and what did jesus say look at the expectation jesus is giving us a understanding of that our expectations can never be met we will never be satisfied in our evil thinking man will never be satisfied why in verse 18 for john came neither eating or drinking and they said he has a demon so here is an ascetic he is neither eating or drinking he is away from the town and the sign of a so called essene spirituality and people are calling him a demon okay now you are not satisfied with john's way of spirituality and then jesus said the son of man came eating and drinking and they say he is a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners so jesus is giving us our mindset over here that this generation our generation the world outside we will never be satisfied in our expectations one thing happens like this we have a different expectation and god does something else we have a different expectations and our expectations will not be completely met by jesus that's what jesus is telling over here you want to have that promotion because you are giving your 10% or 20% to god and you have that expectation and that promotion does not come what happens but jesus said a last word over here but wisdom is proved right by her deeds he's quoting from proverbs 1 and proverbs 8 about the wisdom and how is wisdom proved looking at the deeds of that person and jesus is telling them you are making your assumptions looking at the kingdom that i am establishing that i am not the messiah but look deep into what i am doing my deeds of healing the sick raising the dead announcing the good news to the kingdom as prophesied by isaiah and the other prophets you see my deeds and my final deed on the cross and the resurrection if you are patient enough look at my deeds and you will get the wisdom that i am the son of god and the messiah of the holy one wisdom is proved right by her deeds wisdom and discernment is not proved by how much you know jesus is telling the pharisees of his time what is your expectation no wisdom is proved by your deeds even when you go through your toughest times prison experiences 
when you still wait on god and know that god cares for you and god has a greater plan for you he is working something good for you and when you take that will of god regarding your sufferings and your joy and your praising and rejoicing everything together and tell god i will follow you that is wisdom that is wisdom for a child of god so i want to bring this message to a conclusion i told you that jesus will not meet every expectation because jesus never met the expectation of john the baptist he will not give us that so called dream of our life that's not jesus promised so then why follow jesus if he does not meet my expectations in life and does not give the dream job or dream of my life so why do you follow jesus that's the problem many people make they follow jesus for their worldly expectations i can have a good marriage good salary when i am sick god will heal me and i can have a fat salary so that i can have my comfort and then these expectations take a dent then our understanding of jesus has a problem right so if jesus cannot meet all these expectations of my life that he will not give me the my dream life and he will not give me the best life what i desired and listen the amount of messages that are promising this good of this world is plenty from the bible and that's not what jesus promised and people come for the so called good of the world you come to jesus everything will be fine and that's not what jesus promised in his kingdom jesus said that your expectations will not be met looking at how john and jesus comparison they called him demon and a glutton so no time our expectations are holy and godly and it cannot be met so if jesus cannot meet our expectations in this world why are you following jesus city harvest i will tell you why we have to follow jesus jesus spoke about it in a different passage in john chapter 15 verse 12 to 13 jesus said my command is this love each other as i have loved you we follow jesus because he first loved us not because of meeting my expectations my expectations may be met may not be met but i will never find somebody merciful compassionate so kind and humble who loves so much that he will give up his life for all of us and if he is can give us life for us i will follow jesus regardless of what is happening in my life that is the statement of a true disciple of jesus i am not following jesus for my expectations i am following jesus because i don't find any other guru in this world i don't find any religion in this world that will love me sacrificially i don't find any philosopher in this world who will love me like jesus where he can give his life and resurrect on my behalf to give me eternal life and peace with god when i see that love displayed by my god i will follow him to the end of my life and that is why jesus came into this world are you going through doubtful situations of your life are you going through challenges where you doubt whether you are truly a child of god and what's wrong with you are you in a prison experience in your life wisdom is proved by your deeds today ask god for the grace of perseverance tell god yes my dreams are not been met but i will follow you because you love me first i don't find this love anywhere 
in any person i don't find this in any religion or any way of life or any guru of this world i find it only in jesus christ and that's the motivation to follow you i will take up my cross i will take up my broken dreams because you came into my brokenness and you took my brokenness on the cross because you were broken for me until the end of my life i will follow you.